First 10. Nehemiah and the rest of, of the people are building the wall, trying to repair the wall and the gates of the wall of Jerusalem. They are coming out of captivity. Uh, we see in the book of Ezra the temple being rebuilt, and in Nehemiah we see the walls are being rebuilt, and they have started the process. And if you remember from your handout a couple of weeks ago, the, the walls were much smaller than what, what Jerusalem originally was before the captivity. But nonetheless, even though the temple was not as grand, uh, even though that the walls were not as big, uh, indeed God has re had restored his people to the land and they had rebuilt the temple just as, as the scripture uh, had talked about. And so we will continue on tonight in Nehemiah 4 verse 10. We'll pray and then we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for your good word. And I pray, God, that you just would hide me behind the cross, that I would do a good, a good job tonight to be faithful to preach and teach your word. And God, I think there's some good stuff here for us. And I pray that maybe you would help us to see some application in our life, some, some encouragement we can get from the words we see, some encouragement we could get from Nehemiah and, and the people of his day and their struggles. God, that, that may help us to get through ours. And so I pray that you're glorified tonight in all that we read and talk about. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Now at the beginning of chapter 4, we saw the enemies that were coming against Nehemiah. And we talked about last week that, that we also face enemies all the time, sometimes in the flesh. But we also know that the battle says that our, or excuse me, the Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. We're, we're facing the forces of darkness and evil. There's evil people. There's, there's bad things that occur that happen in our life. And so it is a battle for us as we go through the day. Uh, sometimes it's, it's kind of minor things that, that are roadblocks for us. And sometimes it's really major things, really major events and things people do to us and things that occur, serious things that really, that really you know, may cause us to be discouraged. And that's what the enemy wants in our life. Our enemy, the devil, wants us to be discouraged. That's what Nehemiah and the people of his day. That's what their enemies wanted. They wanted them to be discouraged. They were angry that they had come in and were rebuilding the walls. They, they, they tried to mock them. They tried to, to speak, speak harsh things to them to discourage them. But Nehemiah and the people, they kept on working. They kept on doing the work. And that, that made Sanballat and these other people who were their enemies even more angry. They were furious. And so they were going to, they were going to take physical action against Nehemiah and the people as they attempted to rebuild the wall. And that's what we see uh, tonight in verse 10. In Judah it was said, The strength of the laborer fails. Since there is so much rubble, we will never be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, They won't know or see anything until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work. And so what we see in this passage in verse 10 is, is a little bit of discouragement for, for Nehemiah and the people. Now, if you remember back when Nehemiah first said, hey, here's what we're going to do, here's my plan, here's what the Lord's put on me, they were encouraged, they were excited, they were ready to go. And if you remember from chapter 3, man, we saw a list of a whole bunch of people working all together in a whole bunch of places. So they started off encouraged, as you and I may sometimes, but, but then when those enemies come, when those hard times come, when those roadblocks come, we may get discouraged as well. And here, the people of Judah, it said, their strength failed. The strength of the laborer fails since there is so much rubble. Everything, 
everything has fallen to pieces, so to speak. Now, sometimes maybe we can relate to that because our life feels like, feels like it, is, it is crumbling. Our situations feel like they have fallen to pieces. We see the pieces and we say, I can never put the pieces back together. How can I ever recover from this? And so oftentimes when we go through a really hard time or somebody's attacking us or we're in spiritual warfare, man, we feel this way, right? We feel like our strength has just, has just left us. We were excited. We were encouraged. We felt strengthened by the Lord. And then you go through a really difficult time and your strength fails. How are you going to pick up the pieces? How are you going to put things back together? How are you going to get back going? And that's the, that's the mindset in the heart of the, of the people of Nehemiah's day here as they still are attempting to rebuild the wall. Now they say, look, we'll never get this done. We'll never get this done. Now, how many times do we feel that way in our life? We look at something that's before us, a bad situation at church, a bad situation at our job, a bad situation at school, a bad situation with friends and family, a bad situation, just personal things we're going through. And we look at it and we say, man, I'll never, I'll never get through this. There is no way that this is going to come out good. I will be miserable. I will never be able to overcome this. I'll have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And we see these things and we, we kind of feel like these people. We say we'll never be able to, to rebuild our life, to get things back on track. Things will never get better. It's always bad, bad, bad. And it's easy to get discouraged, but, but we have to be careful that we, don't, that we don't get stuck in those states because that's what leads to depression in our life. So we have to, we have to fight against that by praying to the Lord and trusting in the Lord. That's what we saw at the end of verse 9, that, that what did Nehemiah and the people do whenever, whenever these enemies had come against them and they, they were angry at them, they, 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 they spoke negatively to them, they were attacking them, uh, they were trying to throw them into confusion, the people of Nehemiah's day prayed. And that's where we need to start. When we feel discouraged, when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like we cannot do it, we must pray, we must seek the Lord so that we, we get back to work. Because the devil wants us to stop doing the work. He wants us to stop doing the work of our daily life and the work of the Lord and the work of the church and the work to help other people. But we can't stop doing the work. We got to keep doing the work. We got to get up. We got to get encouraged, and we got to keep going. And that's what the people of 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 Jerusalem here had to keep doing as well. And so here we see in verse eleven, the enemy said, "Look, they won't even know or see anything until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work." So not only were they discouraged, but there was some genuine fear there because their enemy said, "We're going to kill them." We're going we're gonna to kill them so fast they won't even know we're, we're on them. They're going to be working one day and we're going to come up there and we're going to put a stop to this. And so these enemies are persistent. They are not giving up and neither do our enemies. Oftentimes people that, that are out to get us in this world, man, they, they, may, they may try to get us for a long time. Our spiritual warfare with Satan is always a constant thing. We always are fighting our enemy. Our enemies keep coming back. And so we get it. We get that fear. We get that that, that that loss of strength and feeling exhausted like we can't keep going. So what do we do? Well, we trust in the Lord because that's where our strength comes from and that's where the strength of the people of Jerusalem came from. Verse 12, when the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us time and again, everywhere you turn, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, 
and bows. Now, at the end or in the middle of verse 12 there, it says, uh, they said to us time and again, some of your translations may say 10 times. The word that's used there is actually used to, 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 to speak of uh, things with different numeric values throughout the scripture. Sometimes it speaks of 10 and sometimes it speaks of more than 10. And so it's hard to know exactly uh, what that word means. And so if you, saw, if you see that difference in your, in your translation, that's why. Uh, the point is, they said a bunch of times, look, uh, these enemies uh, are, are coming at us everywhere we turn. They attack us. Have you ever felt like that before? You're in a season of life where it feels like everywhere you turn that nothing goes right. I mean, nothing you do goes right. Your car won't crank. You get to work, there's a, a project that you'd forgot about. You get to school and realize you forgot a paper you had to turn in. You get a phone call about a bill that's overdue. Uh, you, I mean, whatever it is, it just seems like some days you just hit one brick wall after another brick wall after another, and the attacks are constant. And for these people trying to be, rebuild the walls, the attacks of these enemies coming at them were a constant struggle. And it says that in verse 13, Nehemiah stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall, right? So the tall sections of the wall are okay because the enemy's not going to be able to overcome those tall sections. But there were some sections, and it uses the word here, at the vulnerable areas, that he stationed people at the vulnerable areas. And that's a good thing for us to consider in our life because there are some areas in our life, spiritually speaking, where our walls are high. There are some temptations that we, we don't give into. There are some things that we can stand against that don't cause us any problem. Well, guess what? The devil's not going to attack you in that area. Where your walls are high and your faith is strong and you're probably not going to give in, the devil's not going to attack you in that area. But what we have to do is the same thing Nehemiah did to this wall. We have to look at our spiritual walls, so to speak, and we have to say, okay, what's the vulnerability in my life? What's the thing that the devil's going to be able to attack me with and he's going to be able to, to shut me down, so to speak? Now, we all have different things. We all have different weaknesses, different things that we may be tempted by that we may give into, and the devil knows your thing. And it's very important for us to remember as Christians that just because... We don't struggle with another area doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's wrong that somebody else does. And oftentimes, we, I think we may do that, and, and unknowingly, we say, oh, I don't know why you have trouble with that. You just need to not worry about that. I don't worry about it. Well, yeah, it may be true, but I, I guarantee you one thing. There's something, there's something that you struggle with, and, 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 and somebody could say to you, well, why do you struggle with that? Why don't you just get over that? You see, we all have our thing, and so we need to remember that and have some compassion when people, when they're struggling with something, even if we don't understand it. And maybe we don't, because we don't have that struggle. But what we need to do is say, okay, what is it that I struggle with, and how do I feel when I'm in my struggle? And say, that's, that's how that person may feel in their struggle, at least in, in some similarities. We, we may not feel exactly like somebody feels, or they feel like we feel. But, but at least we need to realize, hey, look, we all have struggles, and they're all different. So let's not be so quick to point out somebody else and, and say that their faith is weak or that, they, or that they're not a good Christian because they're struggling in area X, Y, and Z while you may be struggling in area A, B, and C. And so what is your vulnerability? Well, I don't know what your vulnerability is, but you, you probably know. You probably know that temptation that you're likely to give into that's going to cause you trouble. You're likely to know that area that really gets you down, that really gets 
that, that, that really can kind of can kind of you know keep you from living a joyful and, and peaceful life. You you know, and the devil attacks you in that way. And so whatever your vulnerability is, then say, God help me in this area. May if it's if it's fear, if it's anxiety, if it's if it's alcohol abuse, if it's some kind of love for materialistic things, if it's whatever it is, if it's our anger, our attitude, I mean, our obsessions, whatever it may be, there's, uh, uh, you could, we could list stuff all night. But you know that area of weakness where you're vulnerable. So the best thing to do is ask God, okay, God, help me in that area. And try to, try to put yourselves in situations where you won't be found vulnerable. For instance, if your vulnerability, for example, is, is, is uh, drinking alcohol and getting drunk, was well, probably not a good idea to go to the bar or to go by the liquor store. Now, that's just one example. I'm not picking on, on people who, who struggle with drinking. That's one sin of many. But you know your sin, so you fill in the blank there. If, if, you're, if your sin is gambling, well, it's probably not a good idea. Well, we're going go to go to the casino. We're, gonna, we're just going to eat at the buffet. That's probably not a good idea. Maybe you just want to go to Wendy's and get you a Baconator and move on your way. Like, you know those areas where you're weak, where you're vulnerable. So try to watch yourself and ask God to show you those areas and be prepared to fight against the enemy in those areas of vulnerability. And that's what Nehemiah and the people did as they built the wall. He knew the areas of the wall that was weak. He knew what needed more protection. And so he put the people there. The families were stationed there with swords, spears, and bows. So they were fighting back. You may remember uh, in Ephesians chapter 6 that Paul tells us to fight. It's a spiritual battle. And he, he, he references the weapons uh, and, the, and the armor of a soldier. And he says, hey, look, these are, these are like spiritual things that you use. And so we fight spiritual battles. But what about physical battles? They use swords and spears and bows here. Well, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. We actually talked about this some time ago, a few months back. We, we, uh, there was a sermon one Sunday morning, I think, when we were going through Mark. And it was entitled, Should Christians Support War? And we kind of talked about that issue. Is it right for Christians to fight back? What self-defense does, does God want us to use? And, and that's something that I would encourage you to be prayerful about and, 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 and study. Uh, you may would look at passages like these and say, yeah, God certainly intends for us to defend ourselves, and perhaps he does. But there are other Christians who would say, no, God does not ever intend for us to fight back against somebody. That's something that you probably really want to consider. And you really want to think about and make sure you, you understand and have a firm grasp of what that, what that passage means. Because we certainly uh, don't want to do anything that God may not want us to do uh, as far as harming somebody else. But at the same time, there may be times that we need to protect people and we don't want to sit by idly. There's a lot of, lot of different discussion that can be had on that. But in this, in this instance, the people were defending themselves and it appears to be the right thing for them to do. Verse 14. After I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord. And fight for your countrymen, your sons and daughters, your wives and homes. And so here the people are discouraged. Here the enemies are coming. And so what does Nehemiah do? He's a good leader. He wrangles everybody up. He says, Okay, here's our weak spots. You guys get in this spot. You guys get in this spot. Get well equipped. Get ready for the enemy and be encouraged. And what's the encouragement? 
don't be afraid. Now, that's similar to what God told Joshua when he was leading the people into the promised land. He says, look, do not be afraid. I am with you. You know, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. He tells Joshua that several times. Do not fear, right? <clears throat> and this is the same language that Nehemiah says. He tells to them, do not be afraid. And why are they not to be afraid? Well, I'll tell you tonight, don't be afraid. Now, fear is something that the enemy certainly puts on us. And it's easy for us to be afraid for things that are going on in our life and things that are happening to people we love and at work and at church and at school and fill in the blank. It's easy for us to be fearful for those things. But what's the cure for that? How do we deal with that? How do we get through that? I can say don't be afraid, but if that's not followed up with some kind of some kind of some kind of something to strengthen you, those those words may kind of fall flat. But do not be afraid for what reason? Do not be afraid of them. Remember the great and all-inspiring Lord. And so why do we not have to be afraid? Because we know the power of God. Remember God. Remember his power. Remember his words. Remember his promises. Remember that he is there for you. And so that's where we get our strength from. When we're discouraged, when we're overrun, we, we say, okay, I'm vulnerable, Lord. Help my vulnerabilities in this area. Help me not to be afraid and help me to trust in you. That's the formula that Nehemiah and the people of Jerusalem used. They prayed to the Lord. They used this formula, and guess what? It was effective for them, and it is effective for you and I as well. Verse 15. When our enemies heard that we knew their scheme and that God had frustrated it, every one of us returned to his own work on the wall. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half held spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers supported all the people of Judah who were rebuilding the wall. The laborers who carried the loads worked with one hand and held a weapon with the other. Each of the builders and his sword had his sword strapped around his waist while he was building, and the trumpeter was beside me. All right, so this is a serious situation. So they're back building the wall, but, but they're being cautious. They know that their enemy is out there and that their enemy is strong. So they got a weapon on them in one hand, and they got the tools that they need to work with in the other hand. So this shows us that this is a this is a serious situation. There's serious threat there. There's serious attack there. But even though the going got tough, they did not give up. They kept on doing the work. And that is what we as Christians must remember. There are times in our life where we want to give up, where we don't want to keep doing the work. But we've got to keep doing the work because that's what God calls us to. He calls those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ to do the work, to spread the good news of the kingdom, to do the work of helping the poor and the needy, to do the work of helping those, whoever they may be, the widow or the orphan, whatever the need is, that's the work that God has called us to. And so we must be about the work. And the work is not always easy. The work sometimes makes makes us get our hands dirty. And I would say most of the time, if we're not getting our hands dirty, then chances are we're probably not working too hard. If you've ever worked on anything for a day, guess what? Your hands have probably gotten dirty. If they didn't get dirty, you, you probably wouldn't working. So as a Christian, sometimes our hands are going to get dirty. Sometimes the going is going to get tough. But we have to strap on our armor. We have to strap on our defense. And we have to say, look, I am going to keep doing what God has called me to do, no matter how difficult the road ahead is. Verse 19. 
Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, The work is enormous and spread out. We are separated far from one another along the wall. Whenever you hear the trumpet sound, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued to work. While half of the men were holding spears from daybreak until the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, Let everyone and his servant spend the night inside Jerusalem so that they can stand guard by night and work by day. And I, my brothers, my men and the guards with me never took off our clothes. Each carried his weapon even when washing. That's, that's again, it shows us how serious things were. They built the wall with a weapon in one hand and their tools and stuff they needed in the other. And even when they, when they washed, they didn't even take off their clothes. They are always on guard. They are always on alert. And there are times in our life where we, we really need to be on alert. Now, we need to be on alert every day. The devil's always on the prowl. But there are some times where we say, okay, God, I really need you to help me to be alert. I really need you to help me to, be, to, to, to hear you, dear Lord, to be able to hear what you say and discern and be in your word and speak to you. There are times that we're under spiritual attack or things are going on in our life, uh, whatever they may be, and we need to really be tuned in. And Nehemiah and the people, they were, they were alert. They were focused. They were ready. They knew they had to, they knew they had to make it through this, this part of their life. What was the part? It was rebuilding the wall. Now, I don't know what part of life you're in, but there may be a part of life you're in now or will be in in the future that's going to be difficult, that you've got to make it through it. And so you've got to be alert. You've got to ask God to help you to be alert and to make it through that time. And it said at the beginning of that passage, it said, look, he says, we're all spread out. The wall was, even though it was much smaller than the original wall of Jerusalem, the wall was still really large. And, and there, there probably wouldn't have been a, a whole lot of people in Jerusalem at that time. Uh, and they were all spread out, the ones that were working on the wall. And so Nehemiah said, look, we're spread out. But when you hear the trumpet sound, you need to come to our rescue. You need to come aid us. You need to come help us. And that's an important thing for us as Christians to remember is that there are times when we are picking up the pieces of our life, so to speak, and going through things that we need brothers and sisters to come to our aid and come to help us. Because there are some battles that we face. There are some things that we go through and attacks that we experience that are really hard for us to make it through on our own. Now, don't get me wrong. We, we can because it's the Lord who fights for us, as Nehemiah said in this passage. But oftentimes, it is brothers and sisters in Christ. God calls us to be there for one another. And so perhaps there are times that we need to blow our trumpet, so to speak. Now, if, if you want to get a real trumpet and blow it, if I happen to be driving by and hear it, I will certainly stop. But, but maybe for us, we're not blowing trumpets. Maybe a simple text message or a, or a call on the telephone uh, to say, Hey, look, I need some help. I need you to come to my aid. I need you to come to my rescue because... The pieces have fallen down around me, and I don't know that I can pick them up. And sometimes we get that way. Every one of us have those times where we just feel like we're not going to make it. But I'll spoiler alert here. Nehemiah and the people, they make it. Why do they make it? Because they work together and because God gets them through it. And that's how you and I are going to make it. We're going to work together. We're going to trust the Lord, and God is going to get us through it. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you. This is a good passage, dear Lord. A lot of good stuff here. And so I pray for any tonight that might be discouraged, that you just would help them. Because God, it's easy to get that way. It's easy for us to just want to give up and 
be done. But God, we got to keep going. We got to keep living life. We got to keep going to work. We got to keep going to school. We got to keep paying bills. We got to keep doing the things you call us to do. And so, God, I pray that in our moments of discouragement, that you give us strength because we need your strength. God, sometimes our situations and, and the attacks of our worldly enemies and our spiritual attacks that we, we experience, dear Lord, they are heavy on us. And God, I pray that you help us in those times. If there's somebody tonight that's feeling that, I pray that they feel your presence and feel your strength. God, I pray that you help us to see the vulnerabilities in our life, the areas where we, where we are weak, where we are tempted, where we're likely to fall, and help us to stand strong on you in those areas. And God, I pray that you help us to, to be there for one another. Help us to be alert, dear Lord, in our, in our own lives and things that go on. And God, help us, help us to be able to ask for help. God, we, we probably all are sitting in here tonight with a heart that says, I would help any of my brothers and sisters in Christ. But God, oftentimes, we won't ask for help. We just It's just hard for us to do it, dear Lord. So if there's somebody in this room that needs help, I pray that they'd, they'd reach out to me or reach out to one of these other brothers and sisters and just and say, hey, I'm struggling. And, and even if it's not, they don't have to give all the details. Maybe they do, maybe they don't if they want to, dear Lord. But but let us let us be able to, to love each other and trust each other enough to open up and say, hey, would you pray for me, brother? Would you pray for me, sister? Would you help me as I try to make it through this life and the struggles? And God, I pray that we would trust each other and love each other enough that we trust each other enough to ask for help and that we would trust each other enough and love each other enough that we would help people when they seek us. So I pray that you build us up, dear Lord. Let us be a strong group, just like those of Nehemiah's day that were real on the wall, that we work together, that we fight the enemy, that we make it through life struggles. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.